everyone, this is Madison, and you're listening to the Madam Behavior Podcast. We are all about female empowerment in the mental health field and in the field of applied behavior analysis. We are two Virginia board-certified behavior analysts, plus I am a marriage family therapist student. Rachel and I are on a mission to empower, relate, disseminate, and fight burnout. We will cover all things behavior. So today I'm going to be sharing a personal story from my own life that has to do with my child. And, um, so that's going to be the focus of today's episode, but we just want to kind of introduce ourselves because last episode we were kind of wandering in our thoughts. So my name is Rachel. I'm a BCBA and I work in Virginia. Um, and I have a practice that does in-home behavioral therapy, um, for kids. We primarily serve kids with autism. Um, I've been working in the field for about 20 years and finally decided to become a BCBA about four years ago. And here's Madison. I'm Madison. I'm a BCABA and a licensed marriage family therapist student. I've been in the field since about 2016. and. I was a behavior therapist before RBTs and then an RBT for a long time. I work for a company called Blue Ridge Horizon ABA in Virginia, also doing home um, just like Rachel. And we have found each other as kind of our saving graces to keep us in this field um, and to really empower and keep us motivated to learn more. And so much so that people have asked us to share. So that's how we kind of got here. Yeah, that's, that's what we're here for. So we love to talk about all things ABA and um, kind of get a dialogue going on things that we think are important. And one of the most important things that we've been talking about recently is equity and ableism. Um, and so that's kind of what we're going to cover today. And I want to, Madison doesn't even know what's coming for her, but I want to start with a little uh, jumping off point and then we're going to discuss. So um, I got a call. So my son, I don't want to give too much information because he'll probably kill me, but my son is 11. <laughs> he, he's autistic. He He's very high functioning, um, but also kind of rigid. And you'll see when I give this example. So I got a call from my son's school today, Madison. And here's what the vice principal said. He said, your kid um, took two milks instead of one at lunch today so kind of like saying he stole something and then saying you know when we sat him down he said um that his understanding was that it was a free lunch which it is it's a section whatever i don't know what the name is but it's a title one school sorry the title one school so everything is supposed to be free he didn't understand that you can't take multiple so yeah, he probably wasn't written down no. anywhere either. And and no one specified. So just to give you another example, um, when he was doing testing at the end of last year, he asked, do I have to use my whatever like little matrix planning thing for taking his test? And the teacher said, it's it's optional, but highly suggested. Guess what that means to him? No. You don't have to do it. Of course. I mean, optional, right? Like, right. It's so, optional for you to attend that happy hour. Um, okay. Well, then I'm, I'm like, not well, going to do it. 
<laughs> so, so, you know, I got this call today and it's like, you need to bring, um, the owed money into school tomorrow. And your son seems really honest and really genuine. Guess what? My son is going to come home tonight and I haven't talked to him yet, but he's going to come home crying. He's going to be so upset because there was a rule that he didn't understand and he broke that rule and rules are extremely valuable to him. And so I called the 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 uh, vice principal back and I said to the vice principal, I just want you to understand, you know, I know that my son is autistic. However, there are going to be times <laughs> where there are rules involved in his education and you're not going to be specific and he's going to do things like this and it's not because he's a bad kid and when you bring him into the office and you know give him these repercussions for what he did that he's going to suffer yeah he is i mean it's scarring it's scary like going into a principal's office when you're a good student or if you have a disability and especially if there's any type of um ableism or thought really right that you should be this normal way and um that way is the only way well and you know i can tell you being neurodiverse myself that there are a lot of times where um in my work history i've tried to tell people i need very explicit instruction i can't have you nuance things for me you've got to say this is what's required so that i can do what you're asking me to do period yeah well i mean think about everyday life right where people just aren't clear about their expectations either if um i were to say to my husband I'm pretty good about just literally being straight because I don't like this confusion and I've seen it happen. Nobody really wants to be in this scenario. But if you say, I need this from somebody, they're like, cool. But if you're like, oh, I, I would love it if we possibly could do this. It's like, doesn't have to be done anytime soon. And then if you're like really looking forward to it, they're like, oh, okay. Well, it's on your bucket list, but you got time till you right. die. Right. Like not we're like we're gonna be oh. married forever. So, <laughs> we'll fit so like other retirement. Set, yeah. Or I can set clear expectations like, okay, our favorite restaurant that we go to that like highlights our menus and they are so accommodating. They will cross out things that have my allergies, that have his allergies, that like don't work for the table all of that kind of stuff and like label our menus and it's like the most beautiful thoughtful thing ever but for me to say oh i i want to go there soon instead of be like make sure for our anniversary and my Here's birthday we have a reservation right um i you know i had a really interesting experience recently um i was with two of my uh rbts well future rbts and i i took them out for coffee and one of them made an order and she, because of specific medication that she's taking she can't have caffeine and she looked at the cup and it said coffee with whatever and she knew that it was caffeinated and you know i this was my treat this was a reinforcer because they had both showed up to training on time and 
Morgan and I both said to her, girl, you advocate for yourself. You go up there because she was like, I feel bad. I don't want them to be angry at me. No, you go up there and you tell them, this is what I asked for, for this particular reason. And you need to do it the way that I asked you to do. And that's okay. That's not being a biatch. Well, so I have a cinnamon allergy and like heavy spice things like freak me the heck out. And so if it's lightly spiced, I can do that. And we had an incident where we were at a restaurant and I was with my, um, my old roommate and her significant other and my husband and I were there and it, we ordered like very specific about my allergies. We ordered something on the menu. It was lightly spicy. It came with like such intense spice that I was like, I got hot. And if I get hot, I panic because it's like the beginning stage of allergic reaction. Right. And like my mouth is on fire and like, I I'm like, can't breathe because it's like so spicy, not lightly spicy. Like clearly someone accidentally probably put too much spice. And so I'm like, Oh my God, does it have cinnamon or is it like way not at all what we asked for? And you know, for that reason, I'm sitting there like who wants to tell him who else wants to do it? Can somebody else say something? Not me. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to be a jerk, but you gotta. So ended up being like, nobody else wanted to say something. So I said, you know what, listen, like this is unedibly spicy and I, we can't eat it. And, and it's so hot that like nobody at the table is even comfortable. And we have like people from different ethnicities, like different spice levels. Like I definitely can't tolerate spice, (laughs) but like that's not the case with everybody else that was right. And now it's time for a message from our sponsor. Blue Ridge Horizon ABA specializes in high quality, ethical applied behavior analysis services. They offer a wide range of services, including educational consulting, IEP management, potty training, and much more. Blue Ridge Horizon works with a variety of clients, but their largest group are those with autism spectrum disorder. If you or a loved one has autism spectrum disorder, ADHD, executive functioning needs, or is looking for a behavior analyst and ABA services, go to blueridgehorizonaba.com or 571-310-3434. Blue Ridge Horizon is also hiring a clinical director for the Hampton Roads location and BCBAs and RBTs in the Northern Virginia offices. If you are interested in joining the Blue Ridge Horizon team, go to the website, fill out an interest form, or call 571-310-3434. What I want to emphasize, what I feel like we're going for here is the understanding that um, everybody has things going on that we don't necessarily know about, right? And so part of the thing about Madison that I praise all of the time is that when I'm working with Madison, Madison knows that I have a visual challenge. And so um, we always, and she does too. So we're always like, can you see this? Because, you know, we talked about situations where people said, can you see this? And you felt like you had to say that you could see it. Same thing here because you don't want to cause waves. So what what we're talking about today is um, equity and ableism. So I'm, I want to read um, the 
description that I have for ableism that we picked that we liked. And this is from cdrnys.org, Center for Disability Rights. Um, so the definition of ableism here is that ableism is a set of beliefs or practices that devalue and discriminate against people with physical, intellectual, or psychiatric disabilities. And it often rests on the assumption that disabled people need to be fixed in one form or another. So basically what ableism is doing is it's it's valuing neurotypical or, or people that don't have a disability and their way of doing things and saying, we need to fix these people with disabilities so that they can do it the same way that we do. To me, the first thing that I just thought about that is like the medical field and my my body. Like autoimmune, like neurodiverse allergies, anaphylactic allergies, and hey, we need to fix you. We need to fix you. Like I, at a certain point, I'm sorry, I have given up on being fixed in the way that they want me to be fixed. I don't want to be fixed like that anymore. And I now have this beautiful service dog who's amazing and learning to find my allergies and alert people. You, you also have Rachel who's saying, that bitch just ordered cinnamon, cinnamon at Starbucks. <laughs> you also have that, run. like, run, run. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, Rachel, we got a sidestep then because I'm spice came out this week and I'm dying. Like, literally, I could have died in the parking lot yesterday. So yeah. um, thanks, physical therapy. And I hope you guys like listen to this episode at some point and wonder why I'm not going to come back. Yeah. Um, I am going to give feedback though. So I think corrective feedback is important, but I was in a parking lot by myself having an allergic reaction. And I asked specifically for my physical therapist to call. I didn't ask my physical therapist because she wasn't there, but I asked the front desk and I informed them of what was going on and nobody came to check on me. My husband was in a meeting um, and doesn't always have the best service. He did respond pretty quickly, but also was very far away from where I was. Um, so I was like, freaking out because I know I have previous trauma of allergic reaction past history. Um, I have conditioning, you know, all of these responses that I'm also now in my fight or flight response, you know, my sympathetic nervous system are, they're all whack now. I'm freaking out. I'm having allergic reaction yeah. by myself. Oh my gosh. And I had nobody's, already told these people. Yeah. So nobody's, nobody's about, checking on you. Talk yeah. about ableism. She needs to get it together, right? Yeah, but I, so I told those people, I have an anaphylactic cinnamon allergy. Just a reminder, if you guys have it, you know, I'm not going to be able to come. I'm going to need to be told ahead of time if there's like an incident where it happens. And they're like, we are not supposed to have perfumes or anything like that. We're not going to have any cinnamon. And, um, and I'll remind the front desk is literally what they said. And then I had this huge incident. I mean, I don't believe that they purposely doing it or anything like that, but to not take this seriously and to not, you know, have any, right. this is the resources I needed to have the same outcome. This is and, exactly and what we're talking about. Another thing that we wanted to talk about today is equity versus equality, right? So let's talk about that. So equality is when you give everyone the same resources, and okay, it's fair because everybody's got the same resources. Uh, that that's equality. Uh, equity is when you give people resources based on what they need 
to achieve the same outcome. Okay. So I needed a scent-free environment and or they said they only use peppermint. Literally, I'm okay with peppermint. So okay. For all those other people that don't like aren't okay with peppermint, definitely advocate for yourself. So, sorry for you. Right. Yeah, I'm so sorry. But I think it's better than cinnamon. Well, definitely and, and advocate you, for yourself. You had said that they said to you there's not supposed to be. So that's that's equity right, is in this specific instance, equity is we're not going to do any sense because we know that there are people with allergies out there and we want them all to be able to have PT. Yeah. So they're all getting the same outcome because they're all getting PT and equity is we don't put these spice, we don't put the spicy shit in our bathroom, right? Because we know that it's going to hinder people from receiving these services. So that's, you know, I mean, what we're, we need what we're to do for. that more for more environments. I was also put in a situation where I did an infusion recently for my autoimmune stuff. And so I had to go to a clinic and I was put in a room where it was like kind of really claustrophobic. I just can't imagine any of our clientele would have been able to be successful. Like I wanted to panic on the verge of tears multiple times. And I cannot even imagine at all having more than I have going on and being in that room and getting and being able to go through with that treatment. Like I wanted to quit. Get me in a separate room, turn the lights off. I don't want to sit next to a stranger. Don't talk about my medical information in front of okay. a stranger. So let me just say, I had an uh, I had a conversation with um with a a caregiver um who is trying to kind of understand what sensory meltdowns mean um, and why they happen. And so my favorite example is you know, with my kind of Aspie brain, when I go into Martin's, which is kind of like giant, I don't know what grocery stores people have, but when I do the self-checkout, there's like 10 self-checkouts in the same area and they're all talking at the same time and saying different shit. Jesus. So it's like, take your bag out of the bag, take your item out of the bagging area, or please weigh this item or whatever. And it's all happening at the same time. And then there's also music playing um, on the backup speakers. We've got fluorescent lights. We've got all of these people. And so when I'm trying to check out, I can't do it. Like I can't focus. And my poor kid is trying to talk to me and I'm like, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to stay on task here. Please don't talk to me right now. So that was, I gave that example to the caregiver because I was like, you know, it's important for you to understand, like everybody has their breaking point as far as sensory stuff and what bugs them. When we know that it's happening, we, we got to give. Yeah. Because our target audience, females, girls, right let's talk about periods like when a when a client a person an individual anybody is on their period and and everybody else can relate to this the amount of shit that you can take before your breaking point yeah is really <laughs> low yeah i mean depending on where you are in your cycle or right before it, it might be the exact freaking same i am in so much pain today my legs are killing me i have like i had a bone tumor so my my nerves in my leg and my actual like leg near where this happened today has been horrendously painful all day so my ability to take on stuff today 
is lower because right. of all of this input that I cannot handle or don't want to handle. And so I easily could have been like, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I am ready. Three glasses of wine. Like, I don't want to feel my pain anymore, which I don't want to feel my pain. I haven't had the glasses of wine. Maybe I actually should have gone that route. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> no. this episode wouldn't have turned out like this. So that's right. probably better that way. But I had like a choice to make. And so I tried something new. And I don't know if you've ever tried this, Rachel. I have actually done it as an antecedent intervention for some of my students. Putting an ice pack on your chest. Oh, And now it's time for a message from our sponsor. Liam's Chance Behavior Services is a in-home and community-based applied behavior analysis company. Applied behavior analysis is a research-based, data-driven approach towards helping people with organization improve human behavior. ABA is especially applicable to children with autism, assessing them to better communicate, acquire social skills, and develop appropriate behavior. Liam's Chance serves Warren and Fakir County. If you or a loved one are looking for services or a job in ABA, open our show notes to visit the website for more information. I'm an ice phobe. Like for me, sensory wise, ice is so aversive. So I'm a heat girl. But that's the thing, right? Like that's the difference between you and me. Well, so heat to me is soothing and ice it distracts me from the pain. Oh, and you know what? I read that recently. Um, and I was talking to someone who said that they were carrying around a bag of ice with them after COVID because of the viral load and how crazy making it was. And so it was like, ice. Put, I just put my hands on a bag of ice and I feel grounded. I'm so glad that works for them. I, um, I felt like I needed it to go to sleep last night too, because I I was sleeping in a different environment. I wasn't next to my husband, which I normally am. Like all of these variables that changed. I had higher pain levels. Probably was foreshadowing for today, but it was one of the ways that I had to change the feeling that my body was focusing on in order to settle down my brain, do your deep breathing, all that kind of stuff. That's great. But if you still have this like screaming pain you're not going to be able to focus on your deep breathing. Your brain is not going to be able to shut off. And then you're sitting there in bed for hours and in pain. Just put me to sleep. Like, I don't want to be awake anymore. Right. Well, and let me use this as a segue. Okay. So let's talk about chronic pain and the way, okay. So we're talking about how we have some sort of medical thing going on that's affecting our ability to do things in a specific way. Okay. So Another example I want to give you is let's talk about a kid who has OCD, ritualistic behaviors going on. So they always line things up in a specific way. And if you knock them out of the way, then that's a huge meltdown, right? And, you know, you can't touch it. You can't whatever. So um. And we also, you you and I, Madison, have had recent conversations about the way that non-speaking children, or if you have children that are visually impaired or any other thing like that, that verbal behavior and the definitions of tact, manned, all of those things change. Yeah. It's it's not the same as your normal non-speaking or whatever child um, it's going to look different. So if we have a kid who 
has really severe kind of ritualistic behaviors where they want to line up and all of that stuff. They don't want me touching their stuff. If I am, because I was like this, I got to teach this kid how to spell Madison because he's not speaking, but he's so interested in letters and spelling. And he likes to line things up. And he likes to line things up. So let's teach him how to spell all these words because guess what? If he can learn to spell and he can learn to type, then he can start saying all kinds of stuff because it's in there. We know it's in there, right? So for me, teaching this to him, I have um, like one of those Melissa and dog type things where it has a picture of sun, right? And then it has the cutout for S-U-N and then it has the letters that go in. I know that if I take S-U-N and put them into the cutouts, that he's going to get pissed at me (laughs) because I'm not allowed to do that. So instead of being rigid ABA and saying, I'm going to, you know what, this is the way that this works. And I'm going to force him to tolerate me putting S-U-N into the cutouts. What I do is instead I put S-U-N underneath that wooden panel. And I go S-U-N, spell sun. And I point to the picture of the sun. Guess what he does? Puts him in. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So it, it almost makes me tearful. So l- let's think about that you know, and and what we're expecting. So if you can find a way to get the same outcome and keep that child, like as Hanley has always said, happy, relaxed, and engaged, that should be your number one priority. If you can, their kids shouldn't really even know they're learning things throughout your session. Like it should be fun and active and fast paced or slow paced or whatever that kid is really feeling that day is what we should match. And I had this beautiful, um, someone shared on Instagram, this beautiful visual of like, let's not expect people to come to our worlds. We need to come to your world. So that's like actively what you did and what everybody needs to embody daily. But I do want to also go back to what you said about being rigid because Um, kids match behaviors that are modeled and everybody does. And so if they're rigid, clearly somebody else in their life is probably rigid. So if you are super focused on this is the way, this is the way or the highway, what are you actually teaching this kid? You're not teaching them to be less rigid or more flexible. You're actually showing them that it is appropriate to that's, be rigid. That's, yeah, that's how the world works. And also, not only are you doing that, but the caregivers are watching you mm-hmm. and they see the standards that you're holding these kids to and they go, this is the way. And so that's what they're doing when you're gone, you know? And and I went through that with the caregiver that I was with today where, you know, he, things were happening that weren't appropriate, but they were attention seeking and the caregiver was going, stop it, stop it. And I I would look at the caregiver and go, "Mm, mm, mm, mm." (laughs) and, and so (laughs) 
The I'm enjoying your face over here. Nobody else is going to enjoy it. <laughs> and I told it. him, I told the caregiver, I said, if I look at you and I make this face, you need to stop. Yeah. And so it's, we're not always the bearer of news that caregivers want to hear, but we're, we are just the facts people. Thank you for listening and making it to the end. Thank you for everyone who has listened so far. We greatly appreciate all of the reviews and we love your feedback. Keep it up. We are totally fangirling. We invite you to try these three things in your life to increase equity and stomp out ableism. Start by sharing this podcast with your family, friends, or a coworker. Next, we encourage you to imagine times where you or others in your life have encountered ableism and things you could go back and change to increase the equity. Lastly, examine a time in your practice that you have been rigid in your instruction. Then examine ways that you can increase equity in your procedures and in your approach. Thank you for joining us today. See you guys soon. We look forward to your feedback. If you have a good idea and would like to discuss it with us, please email us at madambehavior, M-A-D-A-M-E, B-E-H-A-V-I-O-R at gmail.com. We would love to talk with you.